Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Let me tell you something, people. The wrestling conversation not yes. going to be a problem tonight. No. Amber Wilson not on the show. She's doing mornings. Matt Jones is here with me. It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jones owns a wrestling company. We could talk about wrestling all night if we wanted to. I'm in. Listen, I watched SummerSlam this weekend. Logan Paul was great. Uh, Lesnar Lesnar looked like he's probably walking away, maybe for good, depending on how you read the end. (laughs) Roman Reigns, the the bloodline, come on. And then there's, of course, Ohio Valley Wrestling, which is the best wrestling. Uh, But we won't get into all that unless you want to, but I do like it. (laughs) One of the things about working with you is the 30, 35-minute buildup to this show. We unloaded so many stories and anecdotes (laughs) that you can't tell on air. And you think to yourself, my God, if we were recording that and just played that, It'd be what the young kids call fire. But the problem is we can't talk about any of this out here. So we will talk about something that relates to the people and keeps us out of hot water. It's the Washington Commanders. Here we go again. We talked about this yesterday. This time of year is supposed to be the honeymoon phase. Everyone's supposed to be complimentary of one another. They're supposed to be blowing a lot of smoke up. You know what? Getting you excited about the season. And in Washington, there are issues with the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who's come over from the Kansas City Chiefs, and apparently some of the players who feel he's pushing them too hard. We're going to take you through the commentary. First up is yesterday, Rivera talking to the media in what started this entire mess. A lot of these young guys, you know, they do struggle with certain certain things. Um, and a lot of you also got to take for where they've been. I mean, guys coming from certain programs are used to it. Guys come from other programs aren't as much. So, you know, I, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. You know, Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Now, that's what got people going. The fact that the new head coach is actually bringing that up in public rather than keeping that under wraps. So Rivera realizes this becomes an issue. He speaks with the media today and says this. I was just trying to convey that we all have our own way of doing things, you know, and, 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 and it, then neither one's better than the other. I mean, I had, you know, I had Buddy Ryan riding me for two years. I had Mike Dicker riding me for nine, and it's the way they did things. You know, their approach is completely different from mine. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying that we're all different and we all have our ways. So what are we thinking here, Matt? A Super Bowl win or a loss in the <laughs> NFC Championship game for Washington this year? Uh, they're going to stink, but uh, it's not. <laughs> it's funny because it seemed like to me that a lot of the criticism of Rivera was suggesting that he was like calling his players soft. When I, I didn't hear a lot of that c- conversation, when I heard his comments, I thought 
it's almost like he's saying be enemies too hard. I actually sort of took it the opposite way, and I think that shows why it was probably not the best statement because you could get – you know it's a tough statement when you could get offended either way. You could right. get offended if you were the coach, <laughs> and you could get offended if you were the player, which means you found a way to make no one happy. So, you know, look, if there's one thing I don't like to hear, it's old guys talk about what it was like when they played and like, eh, back in my day, Buddy Ryan would, you know, like, stop. <laughs> At the end of the day, you'll be judged by your results. Be enemy if they win, can yell and scream. And if they don't, it might not work. That's the thing, too. I, I, we, we, we had mentioned this yesterday, and I know other people have talked about this. You got to coach young guys today in a different different style. I mean, you're you're based in Kentucky. You've covered John Calipari for a long time. He has a very distinct style, perhaps a bit more aggressive than some of the younger coaches who come up and are a little bit more, as they would say, player friendly. So you've got to wonder, are the players going to get on board with this? Because when you walk into a winning culture, you almost have to appease the players. Guy like Kevin Durant, you build around him rather than the other way around when that situation went south with Steve Nash as the head coach. But when you're a losing culture like Washington, you'd almost figure these guys would want to buy into something different because different could mean winning, which is something they haven't done for quite some time. I think it's also interesting how different the sport is. Like you can't – in the NBA, it's a players league, right? Like you have to get along with the players. In the NFL, so long as you get along with like your two or three best players, everybody else just has to fall in line because, as we've seen, everyone is expendable, right? So I don't really know if the commanders have that many great players that you have to follow. I, but to the extent that they do, you probably just have to make sure they're in. I just was very surprised to hear him say that about Bienemy, who's a guy that has a lot to prove to some people. Not to me. I think he's obviously a great coordinator. But a lot of people say, well, it was Andy Reid, it was Patrick Mahomes, it was blah, 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 blah. It did sort of put him to where if they struggle, which they probably will, there may be people going, well, he screams too much, he yells too much. I just feel like it put a spotlight on him that if I was the head coach, maybe I wouldn't have done. The conspiracy theory is that Rivera is under the impression this is his last year on the job because of new ownership, that the enemy was brought in to replace him next year, and that he's doing this intentionally to put the enemy in a tight spot so that it blows up down the line. Now, that is really going down the depths of the Reddit rabbit hole. I don't know if there's any validity to that whatsoever, but when you sit around all day, have a couple beers, and, and spit some stories and conspiracy theories out there, that's where people get to. I think the reality is... So you, that's your Joanon conspiracy. <laughs> it's Joanon, right? yeah. Joanon okay. says Rivera's trying to self-sabotage the season in okay, an effort gotcha. to bring the enemy down. The reality is Rivera was a well-respected player. He's a very well-respected coach. He's a two-time NFL coach of the year. So the reality is we're probably in a situation like we are every offseason where we're so happy the NFL is back and we will latch on to any piece of news we get. And if it happens to be juicy gossip, we will run with it as far as we can. And when it's Washington, they make it easy for us. I think you hit it, though, with winning. Okay, so just to use the example you mentioned about John Calipari, he's been the same for 13 years. And for eight or ten years, everybody was like, he's a player's coach. He's the coach's coach. But he was screaming and calling those dudes everything in the world. It's just people ignored it. Last two years, they lose to St. Peter's. Last year, they lose in the second round. Year before, they have the worst record in school history. And now, all of a sudden, those same antics are not looked at the same by fans. Why? Just because they're losing. I mean, nobody really cared when he called Anthony Davis bad names because Anthony Davis was good. I think that'll be ultimately 
I just wouldn't have done this if I was him because you're giving a brand-new coordinator something for fans to latch onto and blame him for, whereas I would have just said, look, he does it his way, hopefully it works, and then we move on. But, like, I agree, it's overplayed, but you know what? It's early in training camp. Hard Knocks gave us very little because it was an Aaron Rodgers love fest, <laughs> so I guess we end up with it. The Rodgers story is the story that will not die. And when you look at the He's first the six games going into the week seven bye, it's going one of three ways. They're either going to be really good and it's going to be the lead story. They're either going to be bad because two and four is absolutely something they could do through the first six. And then they're the lead story or they're three and three and they're middling and we're all kind of disappointed. And then we go over to Prescott and the Cowboys and we once again make them the focus because that's the lightning rod that'll get people's attention. Jones, one of the things I love about him is he's based right in the heart of the SEC country. And with college football set to start in the next few weeks, it's time to start answering the real questions about what's going to happen this season. Realignment, yes, we've done that for days. Let's actually talk some football, starting with the fact that can the Georgia Bulldogs follow in the steps of, get this, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Wow. We're going to discuss that next. He's Matt Jones. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber Row the on ESPN boat. Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk some actual football. Alongside Matt Jones, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The last three, four, five days on radio, it's been about college football relocation, who's going where, what does it mean financially, all well and good. Also, played out just a bit. I've been insisting, and I think some people would agree, that it's that time to actually start talking about the teams and the games. This stuff's right around the corner. People are craving for the preview. Matt Jones is located in the heart of SEC country. I'm interested in the Wildcats. You cover Kentucky. I'm interested in the big bounce back this year. We're going to get to them in a second, but we've got to begin with Georgia. Plus yes. 230 to win the national title. That means a $100 bet returns $230 in profit if they win. Alabama has been favored to win the SEC in each of the previous 13 seasons. That is no That's longer amazing. the case. That Georgia is, is the favorite. Stab. That's amazing. amazing. And they're going to try to three-peat and be the first college team to do so since the Minnesota Golden Gophers in, I believe, the 1940s, which is some excellent bar trivia. So let's start with Georgia. Schedule looks relatively soft this year, but Stetson Bennett's gone. Carson Beck is stepping in. Do you think the Bulldogs are just as formidable as we've seen in the past? I would not bet them plus 230 to win the title. I think this will be the worst version of Georgia of the last three years. But with that said... 
Their schedule is insanely easy. I mean, it's the easiest. Go look at it. Try to find a loss. They have maybe one game, literally one, they could lose at Tennessee. Besides that, all their tough teams are at home. So they play like Kentucky, South Carolina, and Auburn, all in Athens. They go to Tennessee. That's their really only hard one. But they could lose that game, Joe, and still make the SEC championship game. And if you make the SEC championship game and you win it, you're going to be in the playoff. So I think there's still a really good chance that they make the playoff. But I think they are not as good as they've been. They lose the quarterback play. But most importantly, they had 10 of their 11 starters in the last two years on defense drafted. Most of them in the first two rounds. So I think losing all of those guys, the defense will not be the same. I still think there's a good chance they win the SEC, but they are vulnerable in a way this year that they've never been. And if that schedule wasn't so easy, I'd bet against them completely, but it is so easy they almost can't help it. Win totals 11.5, which means if you bet the over, you need Georgia to go a perfect 12-0 and 0 in order to cash that ticket. But you're just but betting the Tennessee game. Like that's betting really the Tennessee it. game. And depending yeah. how Tennessee shakes down this year – Georgia could be a double-digit favorite in every single game this season. It really just comes right. down to Tennessee, like you said. 25 players drafted over the last two years. 19 defenders drafted over the last three seasons. A 17-game winning streak, 29 wins over the last two years. Mike Bobo taking over as offensive coordinator for Todd Monken, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens. More on the Ravens later in the show as they're a part of today's two-a-days. It's a team I've been waiting to talk about for a while. Jones and I have argued about this team for years, so it's perfect that he's on the show today to see what he has to say as well. Alabama is the next team up, obviously, in every conversation. They have never missed the playoffs in back-to-back years under Nick Saban. They missed the playoffs last year. People are projecting, some people, a bounce back. I'm not so so sure. Are they the biggest threat to Georgia? Do you think they bounce back this year? See, I don't think they're as good as they've been in years past. I think the SEC is weird. I think the two top teams still could both make the playoff, but the separation is not as great as it's been. I think that I think Alabama's solid, but you don't know about the quarterback play. Right below these teams, LSU, Texas A&M, and Tennessee, I think all have the chance to be really good. And then South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, and Ole Miss, I think have a chance to all be much improved. Missouri is going to be much improved. So the league is actually, I think, significantly better top to bottom. But I actually think the top, the gap between the top and the rest of the country, which I think has been huge. I think Alabama was the second-best team in the country last year. and They didn't even make the playoff. I don't think that gap is as big this year. Alabama's win total is 10.5. They won 10 games last year. They did that with the number one overall pick in the draft in quarterback Bryce Young and the best defensive player in the draft in pass rusher Will Anderson. Both guys are gone. Anderson went three overall to the Houston Texans. So now you've got a quarterback situation where it hasn't been resolved just yet. We don't know who the starter is going to be. Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, no longer there. Tommy Reese comes over from Notre Dame. A team last year that, like I said, they won 10 games, but barely got by Texas, barely got by Texas A&M, had some trouble with Ole Miss. If two of those three games go the other way, they're an eight-win team, and we're not talking about them like we are right now. So it's fascinating for me to think that they're going to go out and win 11 or more games when I think they might be downgraded from a personnel perspective, but that's just me. LSU and Brian Kelly toasted the town last year, came out of nowhere, not a rebuild at all. Kelly had that team in the SEC championship. He had the big win over Florida State to open the season, or excuse me, who? wait a minute, Florida State won that game last year, right? That was uh, they a did, great yes. game that came down to the wire. They're going to rematch in Orlando in a few weeks. We'll talk more about that later. 
What do you think for year two of, of Brian Kelly? Jaden Daniels is back at quarterback. Very interesting because if Kelly has another year to build this team up, people think they could be quite formidable as well. I think they were a little fortunate to be as good as they were last year and their record was a little fortunate, but they're actually that good this year, right? So I think last year, if you go back and look, they had two or three games that could have gone either way. They came on the plus side of all of them. But now they're good enough that I think they'll win all of those games. They have to go to Alabama. That's the key thing with LSU. Their team in the East, it's the last year they do the East-West thing, but their team in the East is Florida. This Florida team, this is the worst talent Florida's had maybe ever. I mean, literally, this is the worst Florida team in forever. So they don't have a hard game there. They get A&M at home. So I like LSU. I don't know. What would you say their over-under was on wins? They're sitting around eight and a half. I'll bring it yeah, up. I, I think definitely it's right in that neighborhood. I would definitely take the over on LSU. I, I really actually like LSU a lot this year. It's going to come down to LSU-Bama. The difference is LSU plays a Florida team from the east that stinks. Bama gets Tennessee. And that's a much harder game, but I still think they'll end up head-to-head. Winner takes it, and I would say LSU – or I would say that's a toss-up game. I probably would take Alabama just because they're home. I mean, you look at the Gators' schedule this year. Forget about the talent problem they have right now, which you've already mentioned. They're going to open at Utah. They're eight-and-a-half-point dogs. Cam Rising's coming off that knee injury in the Rose Bowl. We'll see if he's ready to go. You got Tennessee in week three. Loss. You're at Kentucky September Loss. 30th. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shocker. No, uh, no, it's I gonna... mean, they, they will lose that game. Kentucky no, will I know. Be a They're going to be a seven or eight point favorite in that game. Out at South Carolina, October Loss. 14th. Versus Georgia two weeks later. Loss. Versus Arkansas the following week. Is it, where's that game? That game is in, uh, that game's in Gainesville. Toss up, but could lose that. At LSU on the 11th. Definite loss. At Missouri on the 18th. Could lose that one. Hosting Florida State November 25th. Loss. I mean, they have a chance to go like four and eight, really. And you wouldn't think that for Florida, but I actually think that's really plausible. Two years ago, I was listening to a podcast that your friend Drew, Drew Franklin appeared on to break down the Kentucky Wildcats. He was very high on them. He made out a great case as to why the team was going to be solid and go over their win total. I was working with you on the weekends. That was my favorite win total bet in college football that year was over. I think it was like six and a half. And they end up coming right out of the gate, winning six games. And they had that LSU, Florida, Georgia stretch that was supposed to be daunting. And they beat LSU and Florida. And then they lost to Georgia, but we were already done. Like they had already covered the win total. Kentucky takes a step back last year. What should we make of them this season? I'm hearing good things. It depends on what you get them on a win total. I love them to win seven and maybe eight. So if you get it at six and a half, I've seen it at six and a half and seven. If you get it at six and a half, I'm taking Kentucky over. If you get it at seven, I'm a little more hesitant. I, their schedule, the problem is the East is a lot better. The East is a lot better except for Florida. South Carolina, Missouri, and Tennessee are all very good. Kentucky gets Mississippi State on the road. They haven't won there in 12 years, but Mike Leach passed away. So what's Mississippi State going to be this year? It's always hard for a Mike leach team after he's gone they struggle because his system is so unique to to replicate i say they win i think they go eight and four so they they won't be a contender to win the the division but i think they'll get their over liam cohen's back as the offensive coordinator right yes former rams offensive coordinator back at kentucky devin leary former nc state quarterback is their quarterback very nice. Very nice. All right. The moment we've been waiting for, Matt and I have gone toe-to-toe on the Baltimore Ravens for a few years. Time to break wrong. down their situation heading into this year now that Lamar has the bag. Two-a-days set to continue. He's Matt Jones. 
I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-days. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The Baltimore Ravens. Blue 58. Go. This is Jameson Hensley covering the Ravens. All eyes will be on Lamar Jackson's arm. Over the last six months, Jackson has gotten a new $260 million contract. A couple of new wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Flowers, as well as a new play caller in Todd Munkin. Now, change was needed because Jackson has totaled 33 touchdowns and 20 interceptions over his last two seasons. The expectation is this new offense will allow Jackson to throw the ball more than ever before. And that means there are no more excuses for Jackson as he looks to take a big jump as a passer this season. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Radio. All right, let's set the stage. He's Matt Jones. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. The Baltimore Ravens, 20-1 to to win the Super Bowl, 11-1 to to win the AFC, plus 210 to win the AFC North. Cincinnati is the favorite, followed by the Ravens, followed by the Browns, followed by Pittsburgh. Note on Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season since taking over for Bill Cowher. Lamar Jackson, 14-1 to to win the MVP award, win total set at 9.5 which means an overbet wins if the Ravens win 10 or more games and underbet hits if you get nine or fewer victories. 10-7 and seven last year, despite Lamar Jackson missing five games due to injury. New offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, who takes over for Greg Roman. Matt, the way I like to do it here, floors open, the Baltimore Ravens. Thoughts you have on them entering the season? Love Lamar Jackson. Uh, you and I fought over here. <laughs> I started fighting about him five years ago with Dan Orlovsky when Orlovsky said he wouldn't make it, and I won that battle. You did. You and I fought over the battle about whether or not he was like a, a Super Bowl-winning level quarterback. I, I think that's hard to answer because he unfortunately plays 
with the three best quarterbacks in the in the league, four if you count Aaron Rodgers in the same conference. I like the rate. Here's what I would say about the Ravens. I think they're the fifth, fourth or fifth best team in the AFC. They would be the best team in the NFC. If you put them in the NFC, I think they and the 49ers would or and the Eagles would be the three contending. I actually would take the Ravens. That's how confident I am. But they're not winning the AFC. They're not even winning their division, which I think makes it very difficult because I do think Burrow, Allen, and Mahomes are just so much better. See, here's the thing. Uh, I've, I've done a bit of a 180 here. I really like them this year. Okay. I really like them. Really like them. Jackson, well, they're over now, at nine and a half, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. I like them to win the division. There's a lot I like just all the way across the board. Lamar was 18 to one to win MVP like a month and a half ago. It went down to 16 to one. It went down to 14 to one. It's taking money. The sole concern with the Ravens is his health. If he goes down, the season gets washed. That's what you could say about any good team with a great quarterback. The thing is, it happens a little bit more with him than it happens with other guys. So it becomes more of a concern. But if he stays healthy, we're talking about a top five head coach, a top five offensive line, a top five defense, new weapons to join him on offense, and an offensive coordinator that, unlike Greg Roman, who loved running backs and tight ends, Todd Monken's going to come over from Georgia and he's going to modify this passing game and bring it into the modern era where wide receivers are going to play a much bigger role than we've seen in the past. And if Jackson stays healthy within this system, this team is an extremely tough out because my theory on them has always been great regular season team, poor playoff team, because in the regular season, they are so difficult to prepare for. You got a 17 game schedule. The Ravens come up. And it takes a lot of work to get ready to beat a team like that because of great coaching, great balance between the defense, the offense, and what Jackson brings to the table. Once you get to the playoffs, you're playing the elite teams who have been doing the advanced scouting. They're well aware of what Baltimore brings to the table, and they end up finding a way to limit Jackson. Now that Jackson's been paid, and you're right, our argument about him has been undetermined at this point. He still has plenty of time left to make me shut up and, and get it done in the postseason, but... Now that he's been paid, it's like a no more excuses sort of thing. Like he's got to lead them in the postseason, tough division or not. I think Lamar Jackson, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Depends on what you want to see, okay? So if you're like five, six years ago when Dan Orlovsky said, this isn't an NFL quarterback, I know I keep throwing him under the bus, but we used to <laughs> fight every week about it. Then that that's, that's wrong. So you can say he's a great elite top ten quarterback. You also, though, can go, okay – but what has he won? Is he as good as the top four or five guys? And that's not a bad point either. So I think it's kind of what is the standard you're holding him to? If you're holding him to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, he's not been that. But if you're holding him to that next tier of guys, Justin Herbert, even Jalen Hurts, et cetera, I think he's that. So the question is just what do you think he is? I like your point about the change in system. I think you and I used to fight about that playoff thing, and I would say to you, well, he's got a sample size of two. Yeah. Okay, well, now that sample size is a little higher. I agree with you. He's been paid. He's shown he's not a flash in the pan. He now has weapons. This is the year that I think is really important for Lamar in determining what the next five years of his career will look like. I hope he does, too. I'm rooting for him. I would I love, love to see this team make noise. I just feel like there are so many boxes that are checked – And we are so caught up in Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and then who's the next flavor? 
We're getting on the Jets. We're talking about Jacksonville. As always, there's going to be a conversation about the banana and the tailpipe chargers and whether or not they're going to do anything. No one wants to talk about the Ravens. I think that's exactly how they want it in Baltimore. They're just going to go about their business week in and week out. They're going to punch you in the face. They're going to be extraordinarily physical. And if you beat them, they're going to take a piece of you in the process. You might get them in week three. You're not going to be feeling good physically in week four. Cincinnati is fascinating to me because everyone loves them. Everyone feels the next step is coming. I still see some issues with the O-line. I still see some issues on defense. Burrow's battling the calf thing, but the team plays with an incredible amount of swagger. They're that team that you just can't discount because if they're in it, all they have to do is be within striking distance at any point late in the game. They've got the confidence to get it done, and they show that so often that when they come up short, it comes against, you know, the Rams in the Super Bowl or the Chiefs in the AFC Championship yeah. game. Like, if you're going down, those are the teams you go down to. And I think the sample size is – or, not, excuse me, not the sample size, but the Joe Burrow is a guy who, to me, is in that level of Mahomes and Brady that I don't even care who's on the team. They're a contender. Yeah. He's on the field. They're a contender. I don't know for sure that Josh Allen is there, although I think he's close. But I do think the only two quarterbacks in the league that I think today, if they're on the team, they're a contender, is Mahomes and, and Burrow. They'll be, you know, Brady for those years, there were great New England teams. There were less great, but they were always a contender because of Brady. I feel that way about Mahomes and Burrow. But go back to Lamar a second. You know how much I hate Louisville. Right. I'm a Kentucky guy. I cannot yes. stand Louisville. Louisville, uh, scandal you, boo L's down. With that said, <laughs> this tells you how much I like Lamar. He right? went to Louisville. He played at Louisville. He won the Heisman at Louisville. And I should hate him, but I can't. I loved the kid's personality when he was here. He is, in my opinion, the most electric college football player I've ever seen. It's like him, Michael Vick, and Reggie Bush are probably in my list. And Johnny I love Football. Him. Yeah, but he wasn't the talent of those guys. Even in the no. moment, he wasn't the talent of the Lamar would do things. Well, I'll put it like this. Mark Stoops, Kentucky coach, coached at the U and Florida State in their heyday. Said nobody, I've never seen anyone do what Lamar Jackson could do on the football field. That's part of why I pull for it. When he drops back and he decides to run, it feels like he's getting a minimum of 12 yards and then he's casually going out of bounds. It's just big chunks of runs that aren't even designed. He just sees it, and he glides to the spot. Everyone's, his passes are flicks. He just flicks yeah. his wrist and then can fling it. That's a great point. It does look way too easy for him. Cincinnati the favorite. We're talking about Baltimore. I think Cleveland has the potential to be dangerous if Watson regains previous form because everything else is there for the Browns. And then I look at the Steelers team, and once again, everybody is discounting them. Pickett's entering year two. Tomlin's never had a losing season since he took over. And he didn't take over four years ago. He took over in the aughts. That's two yeah, decades ago. The guy took the job. He's never had a losing season. I wonder how much noise the Steelers can make this season. Kenny Pickett's little hands. I have a buddy who's a huge <laughs> Steelers fan. Who I've, I got him little mittens and said, these are for your Kenny Pickett hands. But I actually, he Steelers fans are all in on Pickett. They think he's about to have an explosion of a year. So I do think they'll be interesting to watch. Best division in football, uh, in my opinion, it, even, more, even more so than the AFC East, just because I'm so excited to watch all these teams. The Steeler win total is nine. Nine in a division where they're picked to finish last. Where else can you find a last place team with a win total of nine? 
You can go to the NFC South and the team favored to win the division, the Saints, their win total is nine. Well, would you pick favored. the Steelers to win the AFC South? No, no I would. The, you mean the North? Excuse me, the no, if they were in the South with yes. Houston, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I if would you pick the Steelers to over, win it. If you move the Steelers over into the in the NFC, they're very formidable. You made the point earlier with Baltimore, how they'd be one of the best teams in the NFC. Steelers go over to the NFC, they're right there. If you put them in yeah. the North, they're probably beating Detroit and everybody else. They're just going to be that well-oiled, and they're that well-coached. The culture is what gets it done year after year there. All right, Joe Burrow, Al Michaels, and Al Michaels. X. We're going to sound on, sound off next. He's Matt Jones. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the show. He's Matt Jones. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. All right, little sound on, sound off. Let's take the top audio from the day and try to spin it into something ridiculous. I kid, kind of. Nick Cardi, Producer extraordinaire stepping on to the microphone now. I shudder to think what you're going to do with this segment. I shudder to think. I mean, I think I'm a, a veteran of Joe and Amber, so I don't know why you have any doubts. So we'll start. You with- always come in brimming with confidence, and we somehow bottom out generally Listen, towards the end. If this, you this had that hair, look at that hair. That would give me that confidence. I mean, like, he looks like ace ventura i like it to to sort of take that out it's very impressive but uh, i'm ready to hear this for the ladies out there he is very handsome he's a very handsome guy he comes through on the zoom you should feel good about that well i'll uh brag about that one but we'll start with uh zach taylor Bengals head coach spoke the latest on joe burrow uh today at practice he's been great in the meetings you know and he does his work with with the trainers and with joey bose um so we'll just continue to progress that timeline still the same as it has been or is there an update on what you expect from that well i mean the timeline is several weeks from when i said several weeks so we'll just remain we'll let that play out all right joe so should the Bengals be worried about joe burrow's several week status no because he's eventually going to come back early enough in the season will there will where they will have plenty of time to win plenty of games to jockey in the playoff position yes if he misses a few games early and it costs him and there's some key games on the schedule, then you could find yourself seeding the number one seed. And the number one seed is extraordinarily important in this day and age because it's the only team that gets a bye now. And you look last year, the number one seed Chiefs and number one seed Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Cincinnati's 0-2 to start the season and everyone starts talking. 
They're at Cleveland in week one. I think that's going to be a problem. Week two, they host the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be a problem. So don't be surprised if it's an 0-2 start. But Rams, Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks, they could easily rip off four straight and be 4-2 and at the bye week. I think it matters. I mean, I think what you just see there, okay, so look at that schedule. You tell me I get Browns on the road, Ravens at home, Rams, Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks. If I have Joe Burrow, I think I can go 6-0, and and I think I have a leg up to be the number one seed in the AFC. If I don't have Joe Burrow, then I think I'm going to lose one or two of those games, and then it may be very difficult for me. I think the number one seed in the AFC is massive, as we've seen the last two years. So I do think it matters. I would be a little concerned if I was a, to quote you, Bengals fan, like you say, <laughs> up there in the Northeast. Yeah, I say it with an A every time. And I'll tell you what, if you have a text line when you do a radio show and you say that, that text line will ignite the moment after that word comes out of your mouth. Bengals, not bangles. Bengals. Go ahead. That's the Bengals. All right, moving on <laughs> to the Broncos. Did I say that one right? Michael McFarlane was on Get Up this morning, and it doesn't seem confident about Russell Wilson's with Sean Payton this year. What they did in, in New Orleans was about timing, about rhythm, about getting the football out on time. It's a very, it was a very precise offense. Now, if he's going to bring that same offense with Russell Wilson, that's not the style of player Russell Wilson has been. Russell's best plays over the years have been the off-script plays, Russell improvising, Russell moving out of the pocket and throwing the ball deep down the field. He's been one of the better deep ball throwers in our league, but that's been off the improvisation and not necessarily off the timing and rhythm. So if you're going to tell me that Sean Payton is bringing that same style offense to Denver and he's going to ask Russell Wilson to be what Drew Brees was in New Orleans, I don't think it's going to work. Matt, do you think it's going to work with uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? No, they're going to stink. Of course they're going to (laughs) stink. You know, I don't care if it's Sean Payton, Peyton Manning, Walter Payton, Peyton Hillis. It doesn't matter. Russell Wilson (laughs) is not good anymore, and he's not going to get better. Name me a time in the history of the NFL that you've seen a quarterback be terrible, and then the next year they got good. Stop it. That that Broncos team wouldn't be good if Russell Wilson was good, and he's not. So they're going to be awful. I don't blame Sean Payton. I think it's a terribly constructed roster in QB. I I swung and missed badly with the Broncos last year. I thought they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be in the playoffs. I wasn't projecting some deep run, but I really did think they would be formidable, and I could not have been more wrong based on the way things shook down. The one thing I have a hard time getting over – in terms of being in Matt's camp on this, is the idea that Sean Payton was in such high demand and could have gotten a big salary from so many different places, or he could have sat out another year and maybe gotten the Dallas job if McCarthy comes up short this year. And yet some, and I mean, the Charger job's going to be open if Brandon Staley falls flat this year. Why would he have taken this job, given Russell Wilson's contract, if he didn't think he could turn him around? Now, turn him around... That's a generous statement because turnaround, an average year would be better than last year for Russ. Will he be great like we saw in Seattle? That's the question. The team has a good defense. They've got better coaching. I think they could surprise some people this year. I've been leaning to the over on eight and a half wins, but I'm very shaky about it. Very shaky indeed. All right. The news around the baseball world yesterday was the news of Kevin Brown being suspended, the Orioles play-by-play announcer, for comments about how horrible the Rays have or the Orioles have been facing the Rays in Tropicana Al Michaels legendary broadcaster laid in today on uh, outside the lines take a listen when I heard and read about it Jeremy I thought it was 
A, either a joke, or B, <laughs> there had to be something much more insidious behind the suspension. Uh, and now that I realize that uh, it had almost everything to do with apparently what was said about Tampa Bay and playing uh, the Rays and having a lot of success recently when they had none in the last three years, uh, I agree there should be a suspension here. They should suspend the doofus that suspended Kevin Brown. <laughs> doofus. Wow. Doofus Michael's. has been called. Guy's awesome. <laughs> so, Joe, I know we got your thoughts on it yesterday, but is there any way the Orioles come back from this one or just take the knee? I mean, we live in a country where something ridiculous happens every single day, so they'll be out of the news cycle. Like, there's stuff, if you go back three months ago and someone's like, here's what happened in the month of April, you'd be like, oh, my God, I completely forgot he said that or this person did that. So we get past everything really quickly now for the most part, and this will be the same. Just the idea that they made the mistake and didn't change it immediately. Like, when's he coming back? Friday? Like, did he need to sit out all the days in between the mistake and now? That's what I don't get. It, just own up to it. Because what is what do they call this, uh, stri- the Streisand effect? When you try to not yeah. draw attention to something, and then all it does is draw incredible attention to it. That's what's happening here. Poorly managed all the way around. And a lesson in how not, in how not to manage crises. Terrible decision. Dumb. And really sort of pit, uh, petty. With that said, it won't matter in two weeks. Sorry, ESPN. It's just the truth. Donald Trump was president. Anything can happen in this world. Anything can <laughs> happen in this country. And so you know what? We'll get over it because we get over everything, like Joe said, because something stupid will happen tomorrow that will make us forget about it. Yeah, it, it is just staggering. Like today we can be outraged. Tomorrow something will be said, and we will be outraged all over again. We saw our first glance of the Jets on hard knocks last night, but is their season already doomed? That might be a little bit aggressive. He's Matt Jones. I'm Joe Fornball. Nick Carty just did a great job on the mic. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.